Welcome to the Web Dev Success Podcast. I'm Emily Journey, and this podcast is where I take a hard look at the challenges facing the website development industry. Learn how to attract loyal customers, how to raise your prices with confidence, and take steps to craft the work life you've always wanted. Listen in with me, Emily Journey, and develop brilliantly. Hey, web devs and creators, welcome back. Let's talk about meta conversations with clients. So we're going to learn about why is it important to have a meta conversation, when to have them. I'll share some examples of successful meta conversations and what to do with meta conversations when you're in the position of not owning your business, you're working as the employee or the consultant for a company that you don't own. First, let's start with defining it. What is a meta conversation? A meta conversation is not talking about the work that you're doing with the client. So you're not talking about the project that you're working on, the timeline, the specifics of the project. A meta conversation is focused on how you're working together. So how you work and also your working relationship and how that's going. So it often involves setting boundaries and expectations. A meta conversation is not usually initiated by the client. The client wants to talk about the project, the work, when it's going to be done, what it's going to look like. And so if you allow the client to drive your conversations, then you'll, you won't be having meta conversations. So it's in, on your uh, plate to initiate meta conversations. So why are they important? Uh, so a meta conversation is hard <laughs> to have. So, or it can be, especially if you don't have practice because you're frequently in a meta conversation needing to set a boundary with a client. And there can be, uh, that can be difficult because you're not really sure how your client or even your prospect, maybe they're not even your client yet. You're not really sure how they're going to respond. And there's a little bit of fear but that they might respond negative. So if they're so hard to have, why do we have them? <laughs> so here's why I have meta conversations and I encourage uh, my employees to have, have them as well. The reward of having meta conversations makes it worth it. So they are things as a result of having meta conversations, like here's, here's my boundaries, here's here's the expectations. Here's what you can expect from me. Here's the best way to work with me. Here's how what you just said comes off. <laughs> uh, those types of conversations, hard to have. They are so rewarding and they actually make future work with that client so much easier. The other, the other thing that can happen that's also good is a meta conversation can prevent a prospect from becoming your client. There are certain uh, people that you don't want to be your client. And those are the ones that are demanding, uh, overly demanding, especially. You don't want abusive clients. You, you don't want clients who don't respect your boundaries. 
all of these, right? And so the sooner you can have that meta conversation with that particular prospect or client, the faster it is they go away. They, they want to terminate the relationship. We're okay with not having lousy clients. This video isn't for you if you want to hang on to those clients. And if you have fear about that, that's a different video. <laughs> meta conversations can really change your relationship with a client and for the better. And so the sooner that happens, the better. And sometimes you have to circle back and keep having a meta conversation. You know, if there's enough time in between, that might be okay. But if you just keep repeatedly having to bring up problems, then, then there may be a different set of decisions that you have in front of you about whether or not to terminate the, the relationship. But what if you're in the middle of a, a big project, right? And suddenly the behavior of the client changes and you're like more than, let's say you're, let's say you're more than halfway through. Well, the first thing I want to say is that almost never happens. <laughs> so people show their, themselves and their behavior patterns before a project even begins, right? So that you can have these conversations as soon as possible. So if you wait to have a meta conversation with your client until like well into a project, it, it's become more difficult, right? Because all along you've been tolerating, 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 and now you want to have this conversation. <laughs> so it's not too late though, right? Uh, especially if you come to the meta conversation willing to let that client go and lose money. So I have found myself in situations where I have let things go on too long and I have had to bring it to a bring that conversation to a moment of, we don't have to continue working together. I'm willing to give you all of your money back. Now, of course, I'm not going to deliver the assets and the deliverables, right? But I'm willing to, to let go of the relationship. And the response from the client is either going to, usually either going to be, no, I, no, I want to keep going. I want to keep working with you. And they'll agree to, and with that, they'll agree to change and respect whatever your boundary is that you're setting. Other, other people will actually take you up on that offer. <laughs> they will say, yeah, let's not continue working together. And, and, and that actually doesn't happen very often. It, it happens, it's, but it's rare because usually the client is also invested. They've invested time. They've invested more than just money. So, and, 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 and even though you can give them their money back, you can't give them their time back. And so it's not a, it's not a great deal for, for either party, you or, or your client, you know, but it's the best you can come up with maybe. And so it's, it, it's, it's rare though that that's where this has to go. You, you may be surprised at how uh, often people are willing to respect your boundaries when they know what they are. That's, that's key. They have to know what your boundaries are. This often will save a project, right? So a project can, can end up being more successful and you end up being happier as well. So this is, the, this is why you want to have these. Uh, meta conversations, right? We, they're hard to have, but if you want to have successful projects, happier clients, and you to have a, a happier working life, 
That's why you want to have them. You want to have these meta, meta conversations. They're, they're incredibly rewarding. And it's rewarding even when you have to say goodbye to a client. That's actually, it's a good thing. Then you can open up your schedule for the clients who are a good match for you and who will respect your boundaries. It's hard to work with those great clients if your time is being taken up by a different client who doesn't respect your boundaries. So when is the right time? Uh, to have these meta conversations with clients. So you're, you're going to have these throughout your relationship with a client. The first meta conversation that you're going to have with a client is at onboarding. And so, or it may even be during the sales process, but it's going to be right at the beginning. And that is ideally a document. So on my team, we have, we share a document with all of our clients and it's titled how I work. <laughs> so it's, Hey, we're getting started. Here's how I work. And the message of this document is positive and it it's very much, here's how to have the best relationship and for you to get the most out of your investment in my services. So it's very client-centered, right? Here's how to get the best results working with me. And that's going to include, you know, what the client can expect from you, all the good things, right? That a client can respect from you. As, and so it's going to be good news, right? So it's not like, don't do this. It's not a don't list. <laughs> it's not a don't do this to me. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's very positive. And here's, you know, all the great things that you can count on me for. And it's going to include boundaries like, uh, you know, here's my availability, you know, here's the way to reach me in event of an emergency, right? If you have that type of service that you provide, like a website emergency is what I mean. So if the website is crashed and down, you know, don't email me, call our office number because that's the one that's answered quickly because that's also our sales line. Right. So, so, so if your website is down, don't email me. I might not be looking at my email, call our office phone number. Right. And that's going to get the quickest response. So that, so that's an example of the type of, you know, you're providing instruction, uh, things that you may take for granted, uh, in terms of how you work, don't assume that your, your client understands how to be your client right? So educate them on how to be your clients and what to do in different situations. And so that right there is a great foundation for getting started with a client. You can also return to it, right? So we don't have like, for example, we don't, we don't have our clients sign off, right? Like, oh, I read and agree to these terms, right? That we don't really feel like that's necessary. But we do make sure that Pete, that meta conversation is in writing, will confirm in a Zoom or phone conversation that they received it. You know, the sooner the better, because if a client reads anything on that document that doesn't really sit well with them, it's not going to work. Oh, we thought you were available 24-7. We really need someone who can be on call 24-7. Well, it's good we found out. <laughs> Right. That we, we got that information right up front. None of us on our, our on our team are available 24 seven. That's not how we work. Someone else is going to be a better fit for them. So we got that out there really, really quick. Right. So sometimes a, a client will have to move on as a result of receiving that initial meta conversation document. Right. How I work. So if you don't have that, 
make that. So I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to make a, I'm going to provide a link to a sample, how I work document so that you can feel free to use it. So uh, look for the link where you can download that document and edit it to, for your own use. So, so that you can, you know, so you can put this together easily. So look for that, that link, right? That how I work. Um, but then the rest of the, uh, from there, the meta conversations come up kind of on an as needed basis. So how do you know when you need to have a meta conversation? So usually it's when you start uh, getting that feeling of that you're not being respected. <laughs> Hopefully it's before, before that or right at that moment. And ideally, right, the more practice you get, the quicker you'll get to these meta conversations. So practice is key. And so some examples uh, of where you're going to like want to stop, pause. Hey, let's talk about our relationship. Let's schedule a meeting where we talk about how we work. You don't always have to have it instantly, but sometimes you do have to stop what's going on and have that meta conversation on the fly right now. It's easier to do that when you've created that how I work document in advance so that you're not making stuff up off the, you know, oh, that's news to me, right? So you can have more confidence in talking about these when you know your boundaries. So if you don't know your boundaries, that's some homework you have to do. You have to know what you're will, how you're willing to work, how, what your limits are, how far you're willing to go. So let's, let's take some examples here. Let's say there's an email conversation and a client in their email is questioning the kind of implying that you're taking too much time to do the work and saying it in such a way that they, so they'll, you'll hear phrases like, or read phrases like, this should only take you a few minutes, <laughs> or I could do this in, in 10 minutes, or I could hire someone on Fiverr to get this done in 10 minutes, right? Or, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because this is actually really common. And so let's say you get that by email. We frequently get it in a conversation as well, but let's say you get that kind of message in an email. That's your cue for a meta conversation, right? So, cause you're like, whoa, whoa, that's like totally disrespectful. And so how do you respond with, with that? So a meta conversation ideally is not via email. It's really important. Connect on Zoom. And the reason we don't have these important, difficult conversations by email is so much can get lost in translation when we're talking about trying to communicate through email or text. You know what I'm talking about. We need to see each other's faces over Zoom or hear our tone of voice, you know, over the phone. So that, you know, really supports the conversation. So don't try to have meta conversations over email or text. So that's your cue to say, I want to respond to your concern. Get that out of the way. I want to respond to your concern. Let's have this conversation over the phone. It's really, it's really important to have this conversation over the phone. Does this day and time work for you? Or do these days or any of these days or times work for you? And wait for them to schedule that time with you. What if they keep trying to have the conversation by email? <laughs> right? Because that happens. Sometimes people just ignore, right? So you keep broken record treatment. You keep responding. I want to respond to you. Let's get on the phone Let, or let's get on Zoom. Do any of these days or times work for you? This other one now doesn't work or something like that, right? And then that conversation 
Hey, thanks for making this time for me. Again, repeating, right? I want to respond to your concern and specifically your concern about the amount of time it takes me to do my work. I think, you know, it's, right? So we're just getting right to it, right? It's, we're not talking about the project at all. <laughs> and, and the client may kind of go into the project because that's comfortable. That's where they want to talk that's what they want to talk about is the project. So you're verbalizing, which they may not have the courage to do, you know, or maybe they do, right? They're just kind of blatantly suggesting that you're too slow <laughs> or, or that you're not respecting their time or their budget. So that's what you want to s start with is that the, the things that you said about time and, and that maybe other people can do this work faster right? You just want to repeat it back what they've said to you because, it, you know, because they, sometimes they, people don't hear what the words that they're, they're saying, or, or if they wrote them in an email, when they hear it repeated back to them, they can hear how insulting it is. Right. So, so you have to repeat it back to, I just want to respond to, to that piece first, before we, before we continue, this is really important. When you make statements like that about how long it takes for me to do my work, that I'm not doing it quickly enough. Um, it doesn't sit well with me. And so let's talk about that. So you can count on me to be honest with you about how much time it takes for me to do, to do work. Can we move forward? And can you trust me that when I tell you how much time it takes me to do a project, that I'm being honest. And so boom, we're getting right, right into it. <laughs> so, and then the, and then the client is either going to apologize, correct. And, or they may even deny, right? Like, Oh, I, that's not what I meant. Oh, I'm, you know, and so then the, the response from you may be positive. Like, I'm so glad to hear that's not what you meant. I want you to know that's how it came across. <laughs> so, so even if that's not what they meant, that's how it came across. And so sometimes people just need that education from you. And, and we're not being defensive at all, right? We're not raising our voice. We're being direct. And that's key. Saying what it is, how it came across, how, and, and that's taking responsibility for your feelings about what happened. So those are, those are yours. And so not only are you doing that, you're not just letting that kind of rotten egg sit there. <laughs> You're providing a solution, right? So the solution is start trusting me. You know, when I say that this is how much time it takes, trust me, that's the solution. And so, and so if they can't go there, if they can't embrace that solution, you know, if they can't agree, agree to that solution that you provide, then should they be working with you? Right? So, so it's going to go in one, uh, one direction or, or another, they can, they can be willing to change, right. And agree to the solution. And even when they deny, <laughs> you can still present the same solution right? Because, you know, this is really, they can even be in denial and you can still say, can we agree that you're going to trust me that I'm telling the truth? So the answer is really yes or no. No, I can't, <laughs> right? Sometimes a client will say that, but rarely will. Usually when a client is, is talking, they may not trust you or they may just have a lot of fear, right? And so what's more trustworthy than to have honest, hard conversations? That's so like it makes you a, a more trustworthy person. Right. And so, and sometimes a client will even apologize. Right. So, it, you know, they don't probably not the first time that they've, um, 
had this kind of dynamic. You're not the only one that they treat this way. They treat all professionals this way. Maybe you're the only professional who's been willing to bring it up right, directly. That makes you, if they continue in the relationship with you, that makes you the one that they trust, right? Because you're being real. And so frequent, so that's where the reward comes in because the relationship changes for the better as a result of these meta conversations. And so they can be very reinforcing to, to have, um, even when a client exits, right? It may feel like they exited quickly and without good reason. And, and we hate to see clients make decisions that are not in their own best interest when it comes to their business, but sometimes they do. And it can be, you know, kind of sad, right? Because we get invested in our clients. We want them to be successful, but we also need to protect ourselves. Okay. So another, so that's the example of the client who questions your price and your time, right? And if you can kind of get that to show up in the sales process, like before they even become your client, and have that conversation even at that point, that's great. So, because <laughs> uh, then they may, may not even get in the door, right? We want to stop those people from getting in the door. Sometimes people sneak in though. So have that conversation as soon as possible. Another example that frequently calls for a, a meta conversation is the client who is either demanding or very needy of your time. So they're, they're wanting to have meetings all of the time. And, you know, maybe they're a big idea person, right? And they've got a new idea and a new idea and a new idea, um, <laughs> right? That's great. And they're excited about it and they want to share it with you and see what you have. And, and they want your consultation, your expertise. And what's really important here is that you know what time you have available, right? And so and to communicate that clearly and to make it clear right up front, you know, as soon as possible when it, so let's say you have a, a limited amount of time that you have available to a client before you start charging additional. And so then you have this client that's asking for a lot of time and it can be a difficult conversation to pause and say, Hey, I want you to know we have a specific schedule for how we communicate. And I enjoy hearing from you, right? I like these conversations, but I also want you to, to be aware that some of these conversations that we have, I'm invoicing you for. So before I do that, I just, I don't want that to come out of the blue, right? I'm respecting your time and your budget. And uh, so I, I just want you to be aware that that this consultation time that we have is is billable on my, on my end, that you'll, you'll receive overage or whatever. And this is one where someone can get really pissed off <laughs> and accuse you of nickeling and diming, right? So that's the, that's what you might hear is like, why are you nickeling and diming me for, for questions or conversations? Right. And so that can hurt my feelings when I hear that, that kind of thing. So, so what's tempting is to allow that to continue, right. To let it slide. So then the client gets used to it. Like they get, they become accustomed to how quickly you respond, how many meetings they can have with you. I mean, and then it kind of feels like the rug gets pulled out from, from under them when all of a sudden they hear that you're going to charge them. <laughs> so, so this conversation about your availability and your time, I mean, this can really be covered in that how I work document but let's say they ignored it. As soon as possible, you want to remind them of how you, how accessible you are 
And you, on your side, it's really important to not instantly respond to everything, right? You remember you're teaching your client how to work with you and how available you are. And your fear might be, well, what if they are upset with me for not responding instantly? Or what if they don't want to be my client anymore because I take 24 hours to respond when they've asked me a question by email? Or let's say you've said, thanks for sending this to me. I will be working on this on, you know, I'll have this done by Monday next week, right? Or something instead of like today, <laughs> right? So that can be your fear, right? Or as the service provider, this fear that they don't, that they get upset with us. Well, how realistic is that for, if you have a full client load for you to be so available, right? Without pay without getting paid for this additional time. So that's the key because maybe you can be more available to this client. Maybe this client wants to pay you for all this extra time that, that would then actually make it worth it. There's a premium price for that level of access to you. Um, you don't want to be giving that away for free. And so, but remember you're training your client you know, and you don't want to train them that you are just available all the time and that you're, and the amount of time that you're available is, you know, whatever, um, you're, you're helping them right from the get-go because you don't want a, a client to feel like, oh, I didn't realize you were doing me a favor all this time. So here's what you do. Anytime that right off the get-go that you feel that is, oh, you know, uh, above and beyond going over, document that on their invoice. And the first week or, you know, if you don't have that conversation immediately and you just, maybe it just happens and one time or a couple of times, and you're not quite sure yet if this is like boundary busting, right? Maybe you're not sure yet, but, and so what you do is any additional time that's above and beyond what you would normally offer. And let's say you're not a meet, you haven't had this conversation of, I'm going to charge you for this, right? You want to at least put it on, note it on the invoice and the amount of time and note the price of that, you may choose to waive the price of that like the first time, right? So you're not, you know, and so that'll be like, oh, that, that thing that took time and I'm not paying for it this time. So that when you do have to charge the, the client for your additional time and you, you've had this conversation um, and they're like, you know, well, what's, what's this extra time for, right? Or, or why are you charging me for that? Well, and then you can kind of refer back to, well, in the past I half waived that, right? This, but this, this is time that, that, you know, that I have, that I, that I charge for. This is my expertise. This is my consultation. And so we really want to go right into those situations where the client will um, either start respecting right? And respecting your, your limits or they'll exit, right? So again, don't want to hang on the, to those clients who don't respect us, right? And we also have to take our part, our responsibility and recognize how we contribute <laughs> to um, some problematic relationships with our clients because we're giving them stuff for free, our time for free, and we're not noting it. And they're oblivious to it, right? And that's our fault. So a final example that I want to provide today is the client that becomes abusive. So that is, and we've had that. Um, sometimes we, 
you know, and sometimes an abusive client will show up after they've come on board, right? They like, it would be nice if they would show themselves for who they are before they become our client. (laughs) But sometimes that abusive client shows up after they've come on board. And um, here's a, a situation that we've run into a few times. It's where your point of contact is not the final decision maker, but your usual person that you work with understands how to work with you. They respect your boundaries, but you have a CEO that steps in, come shows up on some of the calls or meetings and the CEO is abusive (laughs) and, um, and demanding and wants to treat you like they're your employee. And so that is, you know, the source of that is frequently that's how, that's a CEO style. That's how they operate. They're a bully that, you know, this, they're just treating you the way they treat everyone. Right. And so as a result, the type of people that they surround themselves with, don't confront them, don't push back. They, they kowtow to the bully and, that's who they're surrounded by. And this is, I'm, I'm generalizing, right? But, um, and so they're not used to getting feedback on their behavior. And so you're going to be different. When you're bullied, it's like, it, it's kind of scary and it can be hard to respond. It is hard, hard to respond. And sometimes you don't think about or recognize that you were bullied until after the meeting, right? Maybe you had the meeting and then you look, reflect on that. Maybe you talk to your boss or, or a colleague and, and you're like, well, I think that that was, I was just being bullied there. Or maybe your boss says, Hey, you were being bullied. <laughs> right. And you don't have to put up with that. If you find yourself just feeling terrible or really emotional after a call, that's a sign that, there, yeah, meta conversation here. And before you can do anything else, you know, have this conversation, label it. I felt bullied, right? I, I felt bullied in this situation. I don't, I can't have that happen again, but you have to be real specific about what was said or done. And this can't happen by email. So it needs to happen in a conversation. And if you need to bring someone else onto the call with you, for a reality check or whatever to validate, to confirm, do that. If you need to record the conversation, do that via Zoom, right? And so you're, you might wonder if, oh, well, that person, the bully, as soon as you confront them, they're going to like terminate the relationship immediately. And what we've, what we, and that would actually be nice. <laughs> what we found though is what happens instead is, is frequently the the bullying CEO will actually step back. They'll apologize. They'll they'll promise not to do it again. <laughs> and then sometimes, not always, but sometimes it happens again, and it keeps happening, right? So at any point when you're dealing with a bully and you've got and you've done your part, brought it up. That's key. You have to, it's really important for you to do your part. Brought it up as an issue and that's something that, you know, hey, going forward, I don't tolerate, you know, the, well, you have to say specifically what it was. I don't, I don't tolerate being yelled at, being called names. It's abusive. And I also dictate when, when I have meetings, I'm not, I'm a consultant and an expert. I'm, I'm not an employee. So, so I don't operate as your employee. I determine my schedule. And, you know, if you have like, sometimes the CEO will say, well, we're going to meet on these days and we're going to meet this often. And 
that's also a form of bullying, right? So, so you want, you want to speak specifically about what doesn't work for you, right? So like I was saying, sometimes the behavior stops and the pattern gets better, or maybe they drop out completely and allow you to continue working just one-on-one with their employee who uh, is more respectful of you. <laughs> but at any time, the, you, you don't have to wait for the client to be on board and agree with ter- terminating the relationship. At any time, you can make that decision yourself to, to terminate the relationship. And, and that can, can be hard. You, you also have to be prepared, though, with that termination of the relationship is to lose some money. <laughs> because frequently a client will want their money back because you're not giving them, you're not completing the project. And I have found that that's rare that that has to happen, but when it does, it's such a relief. The money comes back in terms of new clients because you're not as stressed out. You have time for new clients. And so that's been my experience. It's been very rewarding to let go of some clients, to terminate the relationship and and just to be very direct about it. It's not working out. You know, this is, this is not working out. Our working relationship is, is not a positive one. Um, we've talked about it and, and I'm not seeing the change that I need to see happen. So I'm, I'm terminating the relationship. You don't even really have to go into all the reasons. It's not really necessary. <laughs> You're going to want to talk about how to terminate, right? You're going to want to, you know, maybe you will be providing some of the assets that you've created and you'll be holding, and that'll be in exchange for not refunding them all their money, right? Maybe it's just a partial refund of their money. So that'll, that might be like a conversation or they might be like, goodbye. And, and you might say, well, no, we have a contract. We have an agreement. I'm not giving them their money back, or I'm only giving them part of their money back. You know, they're just going to have to live with it. But what I think you should know, if you don't know this already, is that the customer has the upper hand when it comes to being able to get their money back. So if you have any experience with chargebacks, you know, the customer always wins, even with a contract. And very few projects are you really going to be willing to hire a lawyer for in order to battle over a contract. <laughs> so so also bring realist, realism to your actions, right? So it's frequently going to be easier to, to let go and to, and to take that loss of money other situations, not. You're going to battle it and you're going to bring an attorney in and you're going to make sure you have that contract enforced. And that'll just be a case-by-case situation, but know with yourself what, what, what option is going to be worth it to you. Uh, we found on our end is we're, we're relieved to not have a relationship with a client who's abusive or won't respond to our boundary setting, which is abusive. <laughs> so that, so we just don't want abusive clients. Okay. Finally, we're going to talk about what if, uh, what if you're an employee and you have, you, you are providing services for an employer and you have a slate of clients that you're serving, but you're not the business owner or you're a consultant or, um, so at my company, my team members have within their power to terminate a relationship and it will be at a lot and they are protected at my company. They will still get paid for the time that they worked on the project. And 
So that, that's a protection that I offer to my team. Now, why would I do that? <laughs> so instead of saying, hey, it's, you know, figure it out, work it out. That's like what a lot of businesses do, work it out, right? You have an obligation to get the job done. And especially since I'm paying you, that kind of thing, right? But we don't have that attitude at my company. It's really a good thing because I want my employees to be happy. <laughs> I want my employees to be committed to my to working at my company and not be looking to go working someplace else where they're treated better. And I want to have a good relationship. So I want with my employees. So I have their back. So they don't have to to tolerate abusive clients. And what I ask in return from my team is that they be willing to to have these meta conversations right from the get go so that's a that's something that i trust them to do first right or if they haven't done that i will send them to do that right so have that have these meta conversations it's not first step cut the relationship off right that's not the first step <laughs> and so I trust my team have these conversations all along the way to, and when they do that, if they have done all of the right things, then it makes it a lot easier for me to, to have their back because frequently those meta conversations can solve the problem, right? Right from the get-go. But if there's been no conversations like this going, then all of a sudden, oh, I don't like this project. I want to quit on the project. I want to walk away from it you know, that doesn't sit well with, with me because I'm still paying my employee. Right. So I have this, so I have this trust with, with my employees that, that they'll have those conversations and they do. So it works out really well. There are still situations where we need to exit a client and, and that happens totally worth it. No regrets because we, we, as a result, have a great team, great clients at our company. If you're an employee, what do you do? My recommendation is that you have this conversation with your, the business owner or the supervisor that you work, the person that pays your check. Um, and this may not be possible if you live, if you work in big corporate America, right? But if you work for an agency uh, or you're the consultant for an agency, make this a conversation to have, Hey, what, what's the policy <laughs> when, with abusive clients, what's the policy to handle abusive clients? Are abusive clients tolerated? Ask that question. It's, it's totally legit. And I'd be just, I'd be surprised if the answer were, yes, we tolerate abusive clients. <laughs> what's more likely is they've never thought of that. They've never had, had anyone ask them that question. And ideally, you're going to have that conversation at early before you have an abusive client, right? So that you already know what the process is, you know, how do, what's this, what do we do when there's an abusive client? What's the policy? Is there, you know, and what happens when they don't correct their behavior? What's, and maybe there's no policy in place. And so simply by asking this question, it can prompt or, or spur a, the creation of a policy. And by taking the lead on bringing, bringing it up, maybe you can help with the crafting of that policy or influence it or make suggestions about the policy. So have that conversation and find out what are the boundaries. And then you can decide, you know, hopefully you can decide whether or not that is a healthy 
work environment for you. My hope is, is that it is. I also hope that this conversation that we've had today about, about meta conversations with clients can expand into the rest of your life. You know, these meta conversations are valuable, not just with clients, but also with employers, with colleagues, coworkers, with family and friends. So def so again, look for the link for our onboarding document called How I Work to download your free copy. Leave a comment and or any questions or any situations that I actually haven't considered yet. Maybe, you know, I'm not perfect. So I'd, if there are situations that I'm not taking into account, I'd love to hear what they are. Let's, let's brainstorm. Let's talk, talk about the, the situations where meta conversations come up. If you have your own experience with a meta conversation, I would love to hear about it. Tell, tell us what happened, how it went. That would be awesome. I'd love to see, did it go South? Did it do, did good things happen? <laughs> so, all right, I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Web Dev Success Podcast. I'm Emily Journey. And if you enjoyed today's episode, take a minute to leave a review on iTunes. Until then, develop brilliantly 